Let us pray. Lord God, we have come this far by faith. So open our ears to hear your call to what comes next. Amen. Please be seated. In 1959, the American Baptist Convention asked the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. to write a little paragraph about his call to ministry as part of their Life Service Sunday observance. Dr. King wrote back, My call to ministry was neither dramatic nor spectacular. It came neither by some miraculous vision nor by some blinding light experience on the road of life. Moreover, it did not come as a sudden realization. Rather, it was a response to an inner urge that gradually came upon me. Before he was ordained at the age of 19, Martin Luther King had considered a career in medicine and a career in law, but a desire to serve God and humanity accompanied his studies and ultimately prompted him to choose the ministry. And in that, he was following in the footsteps of his father and his maternal grandfather and maternal great-grandfather, who was both a preacher and an enslaved person. The ministers in his mother's family formed Ebenezer Baptist Church. In many ways, Martin Luther King Jr. was just keeping the faith, just doing what he was doing when the call came to him. And it was a calling with consequences. By the age of 25, he would become spokesperson and leader of the Montgomery bus boycott. A year later, he would experience his first arrest and the bombing of his home. And he would become a force, a life force, for the civil rights of black and brown people and an unsettling voice for peace during the Vietnam War until he was assassinated in 1968. Now when I said Dr. King's story of a rather unremarkable call alongside the readings for today, a Sunday whose scriptures are invariably about the call to discipleship, I see some important parallels with the biblical figures that we encounter today. And I see some important lessons for us as we struggle with what we are called to do and be in this morally demanding time. So let's consider Samuel, who awakens to God calling him by name while he sleeps in the temple of the Lord at Shiloh, where the Ark of the Covenant lies. He is a boy who has been doing this since he was tiny, brought to this place by his mother, Hannah, in thanksgiving for his birth. For years, he had been doing what he was doing, obediently, faithfully serving in the temple. And then the call of God came to him, and he didn't even recognize that voice without help. 
So he turns to his master, Eli, an old blind priest whose own sons were so corrupt that the family's priestly legacy was about to be ended by God. And Eli, who had grown so accustomed to the silence of God, did not recognize who was calling Samuel at first, until he did. If this happens to you again, Eli said to Samuel, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And Samuel does, and God speaks. It is a call with consequences. Samuel must first deliver bad news for his masters, the corrupt priests of God, and then be the first prophet to usher in the bloody era of Israel's first kings. He was just doing what he was doing. He was just keeping the faith until God decided to do something new through him. Now let's look at Nathanael in today's gospel from John. Jesus is in the process of choosing his followers. He's already signed up Andrew and Peter and Philip, all of them friends from the same town. And then Philip sought out his friend Nathaniel to let him know that they had found the Messiah whom Moses and the prophets wrote about, Jesus of Nazareth. What good can come out of Nazareth, says Nathaniel? For any student of the law would know that it's too insignificant a birthplace for the Messiah. Come and see, says Philip. And Nathanael does. And Jesus speaks. Ah, an Israelite who speaks the truth. How does Jesus know him, asks Nathanael. I saw you under the fig tree. And that's enough for Nathanael to at least proclaim that Jesus must be king of Israel. It gets even better than that, Jesus assures him. Now, time to stop for a brief lesson in biblical criticism. Scholars say that Nathaniel here may be a collective figure, representing the faithful of Israel, who because of their open-heartedness recognize Jesus easily as one promised in the Torah. Being under the fig tree refers to faithful reading of Torah, righteous tending to the law. So for our purposes here, Nathaniel was just doing what he was doing. He was just keeping the faith until God decided to do something new through him. And it's a call with consequences. The followers of Jesus will witness the word of God and his repair and a covenant relationship that they have longed for from the beginning, and they will know torture and death at the hands of rulers afraid of losing their power. Samuel, Nathaniel, and Martin, just doing what they're doing, just keeping the faith, until God decides to do something new through them, a call with consequences. That's the pattern. And it feels a bit like now to me, or at least that stretch leading up to now. 
How long have we been tending the holy fire, sleeping at the feet of a silent God, so that it's hard to recognize the voice when it finally speaks? How long have we been sitting under our own vine and fig tree, peacefully attending Sunday worship and Bible study? How long do the generations go back, parents and grandparents and great-grandparents who passed along the faith? Now, that might not be your story individually, but it describes the church pretty well. And now it's facing a call with consequences. And so are we as its members. And we can hear it loud and clear if we've been doing what we've been doing with love and open-heartedness. If we've really been keeping the faith, it's unmistakable. That's the point at which Samuel and Nathaniel and Martin hear the call to what comes next. And it's important to remember that they do not make the crossing to prophet and martyr alone. If you hear that voice again, say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening, advises old Eli. And we are all reminded that attuning to the voice of God requires a quieting of the outside world and a tuning in, an expectant waiting for things to become clear. And it requires us to address God directly. Speak, Lord. What good can come out of Nazareth? Come and see. Philip says to reluctant Nathaniel, and we are all reminded that in addition to listening, there is seeking, which needs to happen up close in the interplay of relationship with Jesus. It's a bit risky walking toward God so that you can get a better look at what's in store. You might not be sure until you've been in the fray a while. And that was the case for Martin Luther King Jr., in a sermon called Antidotes to Fear, he tells the story of Mother Pollard, one of the most dedicated participants in the bus protest in Montgomery, who after walking for several weeks with the movement was asked if she was tired. She was the one who replied, my feet is tired, but my soul is rested. Now King writes that one Monday he was speaking at a mass meeting after a week in which he'd been arrested and had received numerous threatening phone calls. He said that Mother Pollard came up to him afterwards and said, Come here, son. Something is wrong with you. She said, You didn't talk strong tonight. And King writes, Seeking to further disguise my fears, I retorted, Oh, no, Mother Pollard, nothing is wrong. I am feeling as fine as ever. But her insight was discerning. Now, you can't fool me, she said. I know something is wrong. Is it that we ain't doing things to please you? Or is it that the white folks is bothering you? Before I could respond, she looked directly in my eyes and said, I done told you we is with you all the way. And then her face became radiant and she said in words of quiet certainty, 
but even if we ain't with you, God's going to take care of you. And as she spoke these consoling words, King writes, everything in me quivered and quickened with the pulsing tremor of raw energy. As church, facing a call to love and justice with consequences at a time when threats are real, people are dying, democracy hangs in the balance, and something new might just be possible, we have to be there for one another as we keep the faith. We need to say to one another, if you hear that voice again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. We need to hold out a hand to one another and say, come and see. We need to remind one another, we are with you all the way. And even if we ain't with you all the way, God's going to take care of you. Amen.